Just thank him for everything he represents to us, irrespective of what we're going through, irrespective of what you're dealing with. Let's thank him because he remains faithful. Let's thank him because his hand remains strong upon our lives. No one like you, Jesus, no one like you, no one like you. tonight can we lift up our voices and just say father there is no one like you father there is no one like you and we are grateful that we can call ourselves children of you of god we are grateful that we can call ourselves heirs of the kingdom there is no one like you lord and that is why i will put my trust in you that is why i will set my eyes on you irrespective of what is going on to my left and to my right i will trust in you because there is no one like you none can compare to you lord none can stand before you when you open a door none can shut it and when you shut the door none can open it that you want changeable changer you're a faithful God. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we worship. Hallelujah. Praise God. Give a neighbor a high five as you take your seats. Good evening, everybody. Hallelujah. Eku for 500 naira. Peleta, I'll be 600. Ah, okay. I know some of us have gone through. Today was a shock for a lot of us, but God remains faithful. Our eyes were never on the economy of the earth. Our eyes were never on the economy of Lagos or Nigeria. But God remains faithful. Does someone believe that? Praise God. All right, so... Um, let's get right to it. So throughout this, this month, we've been talking about, and Wednesday, we talking about different parables. And today, we're taking the next parable from, this is the last, actually. Yay. So I'm closing. Okay. So, um, projector, help me with Luke chapter 11, verse 5 to 10. We're going to read the TPT translation, and eventually we'll mix into the message translation. But let's start with TPT translation. And I'm sure this is a story that a lot of us have read um, several times or once or have heard of or come across or one or the other. But um, let's just, let just start. 
So, I'll read verse 5. We're reading up to 10, so I'll read verse 5. You read verse 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Okay? Praise God. All right, so verse 5 says, Then Jesus gave this illustration. Imagine what would happen if you were to look to one of your friends in the... If you were to go to one of your friends in the middle of the night and pound on his door and shout, Please, do you have some food you can spare? Verse 6. Verse 7. But your friend says, Why are you bothering me? The door is locked and my family and I are all in bed. Do you expect me to get up and give you our food? Verse 8. Why my verse is long like this now? <laughs> All right, so verse nine. So it is with so so it is with your prayers. Ask and you receive. Seek and you discover. Knock on heaven's door and it will one day open for you. Every persistent person will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. And verse ten. Did I read verse 10? I read verse 10 with verse 9. Acts or verse 9? You gave me verse 9 to 10. All right, so this is not part of it. So you need to have verse 10. Now, um, we look, I'm doing a story of the friend at night, and it's a story about persistence. And I think it's something we all need in our Christian journey. In fact, the average Nigerian needs persistence in his life. Not a small, not a sprinkle, a lot of it. So, um, the, I'm going to unpack a couple of things from this story and just go with me, and I'm sure you'll, you'll take something out of today. So the first point is, someone say with me, there is a need. Is there anybody that doesn't have a need? If you have something that you need, can you put your hand up? I'm looking for someone that does not have, so that I can just come and move to your... Let me just learn, drink the water you are drinking, because... So there is a need. Now in this story, so and put the scripture back up. We all have things that we need. We all have things that we trust God for. Okay? And from the story, say, the guy said he went to his neighbor. Now, to illustrate, because I know most of us live in houses that there's probably compound in front. Just imagine a, I mean, just imagine a block of flats. So the knocking wasn't from far. And the fact that they could converse, it means that the guy was probably near his bedroom window. So in the middle of the night, around 12, you know, imagine yourself, you've gone to bed. You know, you're you're probably sleeping already. You're very sleeping. Lights are off. Children are sleeping. Everybody's sleeping. And you hear this sound. Because the scripture didn't tell us he knocked gently. He said, one of your friends in the middle of the night and pound on his door. He didn't even say, hello, Mark. He shouted, please, do you have some food? He didn't even say good evening. He didn't even greet. He didn't even start with, uh, how are you? I hope you are doing well. He didn't even someone wants to approach you. He was, ah, good. Ah, John, how are you? How's everything? How's your work? 
How's your family? How's your children? How's your this thing? Is your phone working way? Ah, thank you. Hope your internet back is working. Ah, it's working. Thank you, sir. Please, or just okay. No. <laughs> the guy came with his full chest, banged on the door in the middle of the night, and was shouting. To me, I would say that guy is mad. That's first question. I say, Oga, are you all right? First of all. And said, please, do you have some food that you can spare? He had a need. A lot of questions came to my head. Being the, being the planner that I am, I'm asking, is it that you, I mean, you did not have food in your house? Because he said, um, you have food you can spare. He, he didn't sound like he was begging for food. He didn't sound like he couldn't afford food. I don't know, that's the vibe I'm getting from the guy, Sha. You know, he said like he couldn't afford food. But, you know, some, in the, um, some notes in the Bible about this particular story is that it says that then in Israel, when a visitor comes to your house, it's customary and obligatory that you give the person something. So, he had a need, but that need was unplanned. The need was, need was untimed. Even though, on one hand, when the visitor that's coming from far will come to my house by 12 midnight, from outside, I look at him, inside, I say, yes, what are you looking for? He say, I, I came to visit at this time. That's another problem, but let's leave that one first. But the point is, the need was unexpected. How many of us have had unexpected needs come up? Something you didn't plan for? Yes. I just changed three tires on my car. Very unexpected, very painful. Those needs are painful. They are annoying, but they are needs. So your need is valid. So the first thing I want to address, or the first thing I want to quickly drop and move on, is the fact that, yes, you have needs. Your needs are actually valid. Don't think, because, you know, sometimes you might need something, need something, need something, but you're not getting it. You've tried, you've tried, you're not really getting it. You say, ah, this is why we really need this thing, Seth. Are you with me? You, you start, ah, you know, when sufferment has affected, you know, you've tried, you wanted, but you're like, ah, maybe, maybe it's not God's will that I have a car. Maybe it's not God's will that I earn figure, um, six figures, six figure salary. You, you then depreciate your need to suit your circumstance. But be like this guy. He went in the middle of the night. He pounded on that door. And he didn't just pound on that door. He shouted. Praise God. And we react different ways to our needs. So, some, I mean, some of us would react like this guy, running helter-skelter. Some of us would be very chilled about it. Some of us would be very, you know, aggressive about it. Um, one story that comes to mind is the children of, the children of Israel when they were when they were testing the wilderness and they told Moses, well, "Have brought us no those Israelites were a special breed, ah, a special breed." But after all the miracles, after everything, after everything, and they were there and they said, "Oh, we're thirsty. Did you bring, want to, did you bring did you bring us out to kill us? Want to and that's what even scattered Moses' uh, visa into the Promised Land. They had a need, but how they didn't react. How they reacted." to that need wasn't one of trust. And I, I'm sure that's one what angered Moses because I'm, I, I'm, I'm just imagining being able to witness the hand of God as the Israelites did. 
fire by night, I'll be cloud by day, fire by night, the plagues, all those things. You saw it to your Kurukuru eye, and you still don't have that level of trust. My question to everyone here tonight is, do you have that? Do you have a trust in the God, not a God, in the God of Israel? Do you have that trust in the God of you? Because when you are able to trust the God that is the God, I'm being careful now because I'm aware that we know there are plenty of gods. All of us will say we are Christians here, yeah, but when you go, you some people have red cloth in your bedroom and all that. You know what you are doing. God is helping us. But if, if you have the trust in God, how you react to those needs will change. Praise God. Point two, friends and relationships. The verse said he went to his friend's house. Help me with verse 11. Um, what am I saying? Verse 6, sorry. Now, verse 6 is, a friend just arrived at my house unexpectedly, and I'm talking to seven. Verse 7. But your friend says, why are you bothering me? The door is locked on my family and I in bed. Do you expect blah, 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 blah. Verse 8. And he said, but listen, because of your shameless impudence, this is painful, sir. Even though it's in the middle of the night, your friend will get... There's a... Come with the message translation. There's a way it put it. He said, exactly. He said, even if he won't get you because he's a friend. He didn't knock on a stranger's door. He didn't knock on his pastor's door. He didn't knock on his HOD's door. He didn't knock on his employer's door. He knocked on his friend's door. Now... A lot of us are looking for help in the wrong places. And if you've been in church long enough, I'm sure you would have witnessed it. Where you see people who have zero relationship, that they've never spoken to you before. You just came because they're wearing one nice blue shirt. You know, you're looking, your hair is combed properly, and maybe the perfume you spray that day. Is giving, and just ask. Sorry, oh, excuse me, sister. Can you? Can you? Can you? You know, before, I, I'm sure we've been there. In, you see that? You see that example? You see? In fact, there's, there was one very popular guy. Seems to pay me. And I seem like this. I just. And for some reason, I think. He, so how I, I even knew him? He had some. He's not in church again, so I can say it. <laughs> so he, I think he did some work around my house or something, where I like, some working with some construction people. So I just, I just noticed him. So he asked me in church. So he was really excited. Like, ah, that he's, you know, I said, okay, okay, okay. Like, all right, what's this extra love, lovely greeting? You know, ah, please, he trek from so, so, and so, so, so. Ah, okay. First day, I said, okay. After the small familiarity now, I can be like, say, church, no, they try for people. I gave him tea fair to go back. The next Sunday came again. The next Sunday came. At the fourth Sunday, I realized that this was a this was a principality to be dodged. So every Sunday when I come, Sunday when I wake up, I always I always spot. I just look around when I'm walking out. So when I seen like this, I just see the guy will be coming. I just look for people around me. And before me come, I say, "How far was at this thing?" And they dodge. The guy now come be standing. I will just, I will just thing. The just will never, just will not finish until he leaves there. Because sometimes saying no is hard, have you? But I 
have no relationship with this guy. I have no obligation. Because now one day, I came out and asked Ekene. I don't know what he told Ekene. Or Ekene. Ekene just looked at me, looked at him, looked at me. I said, ah. Did I say <laughs> We never had a conversation about it, but I can't tell you what people are talking about. We never had a conversation about it, but I just came out. I saw the guy, he just looked up. Not that recognition, like, the prize is here. He can't talk. Ekene just looked up like this, looked at me. He looked at the guy. Ekene looked at the guy, looked at Ekene. They're not dead. I said, ah, no, not be me. I come out. You see this example we're laughing about? This is a lot of us today. You are, you are trying to move something that has no business moving for you. And you are using the name of God to move it. That's why God has given us wisdom. That's why God has given us what you call the ability to create relationships. Jesus, even Jesus himself had a relationship with his 12. That's why he was able to make demands of them. Jesus has a relationship with you. I want to believe. That's why he can make a demand of you. That's why he can tell you, come for service one hour before time to do workers' meeting. And you will come with your full chest. You won't think about it twice. But some of us are knocking on doors that we have no key. We have no business entering. And then when the door does not open, you get offended. And you get offended, then, then, from when you're offended, you have to gist the offense to somebody now. Then you then add, you know, namagi you carry, but you pull rice. So you can't just give some magi now, it has to be full. Cook full meal. And then you start gossiping. You started with a need which was legit, but you ended up in sin. Praise God. So you need to understand the relationship you have. You need to utilize the relationships you have. Even the relationship you have with God, you need to know, understand, and utilize the relationship you have with the Father. Help me with First Kings chapter 18, verse 26. Now, this is a story about Elijah and the, and the prophets of Baal. And then the Israelites were, you know, um, King Ahab was king, Jezebel was, you know, this Jezebel I was talking about, she was queen, so bow worship was, please, can you just leave it here, so, because I don't have to turn back, just put it on the screen, or both sides screens, thank you. So bow worship was predominant in Israel, and, you know, Moses, uh, Moses, Elijah came, challenged the prophets of Baal, all the prophets of Baal came, so the prophets of Baal said they came, they took Bullock, they dressed, they called on the name of Baal from morning, even until noon. The Bible says that morning was from around six o'clock in the morning. The photo of this thing, Oh, bow, hear us. There was no voice, nor anyone that answered. And they leaped on the altar that which was made. Next verse. So basically, they were just trying to push an immovable object. They were trying, they were, they were, they were trying to get help, trying to get an, a hand from something that didn't have a hand. And it came to pass at noon. Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he's a God. Either he's talking or he's pursuing or he's on a journey or peradventure he's sleeping and must be awake. And they cried out. They called themselves, everything. Keep going. Let's go to where Elijah. So after everybody got tired, Elijah got tired. What did Elijah do? It, 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 was, it would have been enough for Elijah to say, when he said the altar, you say, Oh Lord, do your, do your work, and the fire will come, and you still have to still work. But because Elijah had a relationship, he knew the power of the God he served. He knew the power of the God that he was talking to. He knew that the God he was talking to was alive and not just being alive. He knew how he operated. 
And he told them, pull water. Meanwhile, FYI, there was no rain. So the water that they were putting was fuel. Literally. So it was scarce. They pull water, pull water, fill it up, pull water. They keep pouring, keep pouring. That level of confidence. Do you have that level of confidence in your God? Or are you praying to the God just because you grew up knowing him as God? Did someone told you that this is God. What kind of relationship do you even have with God to make those kind of demands from him that you're making? And Elijah does pray a simple prayer. Fire came up, came down from heaven, burned the, the water, burned the altar, burned the animal. It just burned. That level of confidence... Praise God. So whose door are you knocking on? Whose door are you knocking on? Who is your guy? We tend to use our Christianity or our faith to push away the need for quality relationships. So, please, if you know that I'm talking about, I'm talking on from two ends. One is your relationship with God. One is your relationship with people. Because if you're trusting God for a million dollars, you say, oh, God, I'm trusting God for a million dollars because I want to be the tap. You know, so that we pray with scope. You say, because you say, ah, God, let me be the funnel and you pass one million dollars to the church. God, bless me. You know that, at least, if one million dollars pass you, there might be one small 10k extra that could just, could just do, could just do all right. Praise God. So you are, you are, you are trusting God, but God wants to give you that one million dollars, but God will not send angels to rain one million dollars on your head. Should we all agree? That is, when we're young to now we are getting old, we have never seen it happening. Never rain dollars from heaven. If it should have happened in your area, kindly let us know. What come and just check something. <laughs> just move my whole family, extended nuclear, we just move to that side, waiting for the rain. But it has never happened. So God uses systems, God uses people, God can give you an idea. And even when God gives you an idea, so you need people. But we say, oh, I trust in God. Everybody else, damn you. Everybody else, I don't care. I don't need people. I'm an introvert. That's some people's genuine excuse. I'm an introvert. I don't like talking to people. They're my lane. They're your lane. Everybody lane. They're where they You need to focus on building quality relationships because those relationships are usually the keys that God uses on the doors that, you, that have your blessings, that have your needs. But if you're in the habit of rubbishing every relationship that comes, you just see one fine boy. The first thing is send me credit. You don't know if he's holding your job, he's holding your dream job. You don't know if he has the connections to get you to the next place. Oh, I need money for her. Or you say, girl, the first thing is, can I take you out? The girl is thinking of how should we buy fur for the night. You are talking about take queen out. And we know sometimes where that going out is headed. 
she will now come out. Then you say, hey, let's branch. Uh, can you follow me home? I want to pick up some. I forgot Byron in my house. Can you follow me to my house? Most of us have rubbished relationships. Most of us have rubbish. I mean, we've had the potential to build very quality relationships that would have made us better, made our work better, make our, made our businesses better, made the church better, but we have rubbished it. God will give us wisdom in the mighty name of Jesus. And, and you can't underestimate the value of building those relationships. Look at the relationship between David and Jonathan. Say Jonathan just loved David, and I'm sure it wasn't the one-sided love. Of course, David would have loved Jonathan too. So much that even after Jonathan had died, Saul had died, and David became king. And he said, is there anybody of the house of Jonathan that I can, because of that relationship? And there was a lame child, Messi Bode. Messi Bode. That guy, sir. And David, and see, and after David had blessed him, given him the return, the lands and everything, he said, okay, this one is just, come and be, I'm going to sit on my table. So it means that all his needs were met because you can't, sit in, you can't sit in the king's table and not have room to sleep in, in the king's house. That is relationship. Praise God. Third point. Someone say reality check. The guy said, I'm sure when the guy was leaving his house, the first friend that went to, the, went to knock on the door, he said, ah, he's my guy now. He, ah, he wants me. And he just went, boom, boom, no. I want to assume it wasn't a long distance, but then Israel is a trek, sure. So it, that trek in club be from like here to Agbara, but, you know, it's not nothing to them, but to us, for no. <laughs> So, and he went there, and so every step of the way, he was, oh, um, ah, John, give me this thing now. John, ah, my guy now, of course. For him to have gone to John's house, means that he strongly believed that John will answer him. And after he went, confidently, with his full chest and strong hand, pounded on the door. I want to believe he pounded for a bit, because John would have just answered immediately. John, I thought, wondered, what's this madness going on by 12 midnight in my house? And the first thing John said, I cannot help you. Do you, my everybody said, do you want me to stand up and give you this thing? This is the point a lot of Christians start going back empty-handed. You've got to, you, you have the need. You have the relationship. So this is, this is not for the person that hasn't built those two. You have the need, you have the relationship, you are knocking on the door. And the first answer you get is no. And the next thing is, that, well, I've tried my best. And you turn and start walking away. Going back to the hunger. Going back to the disappointment. Going back to the pain. Going back to that need. But sometimes you just need to be a bit shameless. Someone say shameless. When you are trusting on God for something. You know that song? Don't give up on God, cause he won't give up on you. We give up on God too easily. 
You will, and here, when you are singing, everybody will be, oh, that thing you were trusting God for, how long were you on him for it? We have seen cases in the Bible when God changed his mind. So let's even assume, because I don't believe God has your best intentions at heart. So let's assume that this thing, maybe for one reason or the other, because God said, okay, I'm, I'm not giving this guy this thing. And you, and you tarried, and you knelt down, you persisted, and you said, God, I will, I will be die here. And you stayed. We are lacking staying power. We lack staying power. That's why things don't seem to work for us sometimes. Because we will try here. Before you think and even, you know, mature, we are giving up. We, are, we move here. Before the thing, before the person can even help you. Sometimes, not, see, some people want to help, but they're just not ready to help, or they just can't help, or they have one reason or the other to help. Or the one reason or not to help. But staying power, are you staying on God? Or are you taking your trust away from God to a man? Are you taking your trust away from God to something or somebody else? So the reality check is that your urgency may not be my urgency. And the earlier you understand that, the longer you will live. Because then you will deal with less worries, you will deal with less disappointments, you will deal with less drama. So when you, when, you, when you are picking up your phone in the middle of the night or early in the morning or in the hot afternoon to text that brother or text that sister, ah, please, something's going on. My building just collapsed. And inside the collapsed building, my house collapsed twice. So the urgency is very heavy. You know, when, you are, when you are in that urgent state, please note, your urgency is not the urgency of the person you are talking to. Praise God. People are very quiet. Protocol, please, after service, just carry me to my car. Safe and sound. I'm very scared. Praise God. The children of Israel were in Egypt under captivity for 400 and what, 30 something years or 80, whatever years. From day one, that captivity was urgent. Because just because the Israelites were VIPs in Egypt, sort of. You know, they came, you know, Joseph, the savior of the world, brought his people. Ah, it's VIP. The land of Goshen was the place land flowing in quotes. Well, not milk and honey, but cucumber was there. Fruit was nice. So Israelites, their situations changed overnight. They went from being the Toast of town to slaves. So, typically, just imagine, not as we are like this now. Army, will, army will just come inside. We're gone. So, everybody, line up. People are not going home. Everybody's going to start uh, farming. We're going to Dara. We're going to help uh, Bwari take care of his cows. Everybody, yeah. And you don't have a choice. The situation will change overnight. That's what happened to the Israelites. So, from day one. Their situation was urgent. What did God do? Four hundred. Me that people generations died. 
No, say, ah, I try, ah, God, God will come through now. God will come through day one. Ah, God will come through day two. Ah, God will come through day three. God, how far? Day four. God, revive Jesus. You know what I'm there, then, no. But point is, 400 and, 438 years, Abby. 400 and what? 30. I don't add Jara. The suffering was real. And it was hard labor. And trust me, the labor we, we, we see now is not the labor that those guys, because those guys were a special breed. So when those guys tell you it was hard, my brother and my sister, it was hard. And it was bad. And it was terrible. And they were killing their children on the whim. So it was urgent. But God, in his infinite wisdom, waited for 430 years. And guess what? It wasn't like, so not in, later in, I mean, when Israel became a country, a nation, no, the Bible says, oh, Israel, Israel will sin. Then somebody will come and carry them. Then God will now say, okay, I, I, um, I have mercy because, you know, because of your sin that they carried you, but I, I forgive you. You will go back. Israel, they didn't do anything. They were just bawling. So it wasn't a cause and effect, to my knowledge. However, they were in that situation for 430 years until God decided it was time. But when it was time, nothing and nobody could stand against them. Every, every, all the nations feared Israel. All the nations felt, feared um, Israel. Because they literally did not lose battles. Like, it wasn't... It wasn't... Uh, you know when they said, oh, and 5,000 Philistines fell. Say 10,000. You, you won't really hear Israel's fell. Um, Israelites fell. So somehow they're also supernaturally protected in the battle. Hang in there. Someone say hang in there. I, 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 I can, I mean, I'm sure some of us are dealing. I'm sure some of us are in the middle of the, you know when you're in the middle of the heat and it feels like God is distant. It feels like nobody cares. It feels like all your prayers have have just wasted, all your tears have wasted, all your efforts, all your, your service to God, all your faith in God, all, all your seed, everything is, has wasted. I'm here to encourage you tonight. Hang in there and keep trusting in the relationship you have with God. Keep trusting in the God of the process. Keep trusting that when you come out of that situation, that situation will bow to you. Oh, Pastor Mark, it's easier said than done. I agree. That it's easier said than done. But it has to be said. Praise God. So hang in there. Don't give up. Keep knocking. Keep knocking. For those things, those dreams that you have, those desires of your heart, you keep knocking. The story tells that he knocked, and the guy said, it's because of your shameless knocking. Yes, give me my bread. Call me shameless, call me stupid, call me poor, I don't care. Give me my need. Keep knocking. And the whole idea of waiting or trusting God is not, is not uh, you know those badly written Hollywood scripts? That I see some tiny rapper in the village, then there'll be one almost dead-looking goat in the compound, then there's clay everywhere, then you now sit down like this. 
Nollywood has card me, Thank God for the, you know, people like Mr. Dichia and Tokped are writing quality scripts now. Keep knocking. Knocking is not just the repetition. The idea of knocking is not going back to just knock, knock, knock. That's not the idea. It's how you consistently show up. Some of you are showing up to that knocking defeated already. You are showing up, you've already borrowed what you are knocking for. You've already gone, taking your trust away from God to man. Man has given you that need, but you are knocking. Let's maintain an attitude of joy. Let's maintain an attitude of trust. If I trust in the person I'm seeking, then there is a level of joy. I may not be happy with the situation. I may not be happy with where I am. I may not be happy with my bank account. I may not be happy with my business. I may not be happy with my job. I may not be happy with my, um, my the children, the number of children I have, or the fact I don't have children, or the fact that I'm not married. I may not be happy with my parents. I may not be happy with the fact that I don't have parents. I may not be happy. But how do you show up in the presence of God? You say you trust this God and you have the promises. I want to believe everyone here has promises from God. If you don't have, there's one for the general house is that we, what? Flourish. If there's, if there's any other, there's nothing else to hold on to. You know that I flourish. So no matter what, so if they then take full price to 1,000 naira, I flourish. Let the day bus from here to first tax is 2,000 naira. I flourish. I'm not sure how. I'm a trek for a bit. That's the point I need to make. Is the private jet windows come? God said, "Hello, hello. Are you Mark?" From up there, yes. Ah, just don't uh, move it. Throw rope. So, uh, I was just flying by, and God said there was someone that was trekking at this spot that needs my help. Climb on private jet. It doesn't work that way. It may not work that way. Most likely, it won't. But while we are there, we maintain an attitude of joy. We maintain an attitude of faith. We hold on to the trust that we have in God. And we keep trusting. And we stay trusting. Because one day, your knocking will be a testimony. One day, your knocking will be a story that will inspire people. One day, your knocking will be the meat that people need to eat to grow their faith. So sometimes you ask yourself, why did I have to go through this thing? Why did I have to knock? Why did I have to, to be so down for so long or for this period? We don't, have, we, do, we, we, we don't know the mind of God. But if I trust the God of, that has the mind, if I trust the God of the process, I will tarry. I will persist. I will keep knocking. So this story really is not really a story about two friends. Or it's not really a story of the guy annoyingly disturbing at night. It's a story of persistence. I want to encourage someone tonight. You need to be persistent. You need to hold on. Keep knocking on that dream of yours. That dream is not dead. How old are you? You're not 80. Is anybody that's 80 here? I doubt. 80. You're not. So there is still hope 
there is still time. God can still do so many things. God can still show up in so many ways. You're looking for fuel. God is trying to give you an oil field. God can still show up. God can still be trusted. So keep knocking. Someone say keep knocking. Don't give up on your dreams. Finish what you started. But trust God. Do you have... um, Let me ask this question. Who is God to you? Think about it. Who is God to you? Who, as in, who is God? What is that thing God is that you can trust? Who is God to you? Provider. Who is God? My father. Who is God to you? A friend. Who is God to you? He's my father. I know somebody who said they said everything. That's the next thing I will hear now. Who is God to you? My Ebenezer. My stone. My rock. My rock. The rock. Who is God to you? Isaiah. Who is God? Destiny changer. Are you guys sure that God is all these things to you? Are you sure? People, I'm not coming. Don't worry. <laughs> Who is God? My father. Who is God? My father. Who is God? My daddy. Who is God? My savior. Who is God? My friend. Who is God? My father. My father. Who is God? Answer. Who is God? My peace. Who is God? Omega. Who is God? My strength. Who is God? My father. You need to trust. All these things God represents to you. When you are going through those storms, you need to remember. You need to remember. Someone say remember. Can we be on our feet? I want us to pray a praise next two, three minutes. Pray a praise. But it would be a reminder. While you are singing this song, let it be a reminder of what all these things. You say, oh, God is my protector. God is my provider. Remember. So that while you are waiting, you have that at the back of your mind. While you are waiting, you know that God can be trusted. While you are waiting, you know that God will come true. Hallelujah. Are we ready? Are we ready? You don't sound like you're full of joy irrespective of what you're going through. You don't sound like you're showing the God that you serve. What my eyes can, what my eyes can see, I still.